Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. A very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to share this hour together, Come To Me, and then on Fridays when Cheryl joins me for two hours of Friday Live at the same hour, uh, but two hours, I'm praying you're having a blessed, happy, and holy day on this September 17th, 2020, the Feast of St. Robert Bellarmine, or Bellarmine, or as we say in Italy, Bellarmine, Bellarmine, St. Roberto Bellarmine. Let's see. Oh, I wasn't here yesterday, but uh, back today, <laughs> it's been, well, you know, I mean, the whole year has just been so weird, right? Everything is just so weird. Um, last night. And the night before, you know, we're seeing, not today because it's cloudy and overcast, but uh, what should have been yesterday and the day before, uh, beautiful, bright, brilliant, sunshiny days. We had a lot of haze and a lot of smoke in the upper atmosphere and just weird sunsets the past couple of nights, you know, and not the usual sun. The sun would start to go down, but all you saw was the the orange orb without the brilliance of the, the reflection on the clouds, I think, just sitting there. And then all of a sudden it just... Not even before it set beyond the the uh, horizon, it just disappeared. Just weird. The whole the whole year is weird. But anyway, I'm happy you're here. Today is Thursday. It's Catechism Day, and uh, well, we can talk about virtues today. Virtues. And um, before we do that, I thought I would share with you from Saint Pope John Paul II's uh, beautiful 1993 encyclical letter, Veritatis Splendor, The Splendor of Truth, and a section that he titled Morality and the Renewal of Social and Political Life from 1993, St. Pope John Paul II. Oh, do we need to hear this today? So we'll do that, uh, but first we're going to pray, and as always, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are listening, and I, uh, one of our uh, domestic church media radio stations or on our other platforms that we use, our free mobile app, our streaming audio, uh, whether you have the Amazon or the Google Home speaker devices, just say play domestic church media. And also, of course, coming to you live right now uh, in video format on our YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash domestic church media. Uh, on our uh, Facebook page, streaming live video as well, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. You can watch live streaming video there. Um, so wherever you are listening or watching, of course, this program does repeat uh, on the radio every night at 10 o'clock, uh, and uh, we archive everything, uh, both audio and video, on our website. So lots of ways to watch and listen. And no matter when we pray or when you watch and listen, it's all in God's time. So don't uh, 
Don't hesitate. Offer up all of those special intentions that you have, whatever they may be. And um, pray for a number of things. I, I want to remind you that, uh, not remind you, tell you, because I wasn't here yesterday, but tonight at 7 o'clock, there's going to be a Zoom, you know, this uh, this um, thing they use, Zoom meeting, but it's going to be a rosary prayed for our young friend Maria. So it's kind of a global event because anybody can Zoom in and uh, participate, and you're invited to do so as well. I did post the link on our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. It's tonight at 7 o'clock, so if you go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and and scroll over the word prayer and click on Rosary for Maria, it'll take you to uh, the link, how to get there, and the passcode or ID, whatever it is you need, the meeting uh, number uh, to get in and and pray. So you can join uh, a multitude of others on this Zoom, massive Zoom rosary for our friend Maria. So that's there. Um, So we'll pray for that. And, uh, of course, we're going to pray for our country in just a moment. Um, I'll also ask you please to keep in prayer. Uh, Now we're getting down to the home stretch here. Uh, Just kind of a personal prayer for us, if you don't mind. Uh, for our family, that our, our beautiful daughter-in-law is uh, uh, in her ninth month of pregnancy, and um, we are uh, waiting the uh, the birth, which is the due date is October fifth. So that's still a couple weeks away. But you know, you're in that period now, leading up to that uh, due date, and um, uh, so this will be our second grandson and our third grandchild. So um, just keep her in prayer as well. And uh, we want to thank our friend, Father John Butler, the pastor of uh, St. Michael's in um, Long Branch, who was here today to say Mass for us. So always a great blessing. And, of course, I always remember you, friends, in our uh, Masses and all of my prayers here. So let's begin. As we begin all good things, that is, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And we're praying this prayer for the United States of America. Uh, now, especially, too, as we get closer and closer to this national election, which as so many people say is probably the most critical election in our country's history. So we pray, Our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our President and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of our country. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land. We praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and to the will of your 
divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And as Holy Father Pope Francis uh, requested, we're praying the prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful ancient prayer uh, to Our Lady, uh, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Holy Father asks specifically we pray to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And of course, we've added on to that to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. Saint Robert Bellarmine, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my friends, um, if you've not yet requested your free prayer for the United States of America prayer card that we have created here, uh, or even if you have and you want more, you know, don't be afraid to ask for more. We're always happy to send them out to you. <laughs> I, I ordered thousands of them, so we have plenty to, to share uh, and again, we are just giving them to you. There's no charge for these, and we um, uh, even pick up the postage. So if you have ordered them already, and maybe you ran out, or you have more, you want you want you want more, don't be afraid to ask. Please uh, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and up on the top, over the word prayer, place your cursor, a little menu drops down, and click on prayer for the United States. And then all we ask you for is your name, your address, and how many you want. But again, don't be afraid. You know, as I said, if you've ordered them already and you've received them and you've distributed them and you want more, don't be afraid to ask. We're happy, happy, happy to send them out to you. Uh, We want to get as many people praying. And, you know, as I shared with you um, and have been sharing with you, these two wonderful websites, uh, the 54-Day Rosary Miracle Novena, you can sign up for, and with all the information there. About, and, of course, the novena began on August 15th, and it will run through October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. And you've not, you didn't begin on the 15th, don't worry about it. Don't get hung up on numbers and times and days. Just start praying. Go to queenofpeacemedia.com, queenofpeacemedia.com. This rosary, the urgent uh 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena um, being uh, uh, prayed with a specific intention to stave off of violence and impending civil unrest. Now, we're seeing this, and you're hearing a lot more about this violence getting even more violent and continuing even beyond the election. We've never, ever seen something this. I know we those of us who lived through the 60s, we saw stuff like this. I don't remember it lasting this long, and I don't remember threats of it being made to last even longer than you could imagine. Uh, we're seeing a lot of evil, and we're seeing— a, and this is not the country that men and women have died and given their lives for. 
in the wars we fought to protect our freedoms and to protect peace. So we need to go to our Blessed Mother. She is the patroness of this country under the title of the Immaculate Conception. And we know that there is the hand of the evil one in all of this. There has to be, just given what we're seeing and what we're hearing and what we're witnessing. And we know, as I think I, I sent out a little um, e-blast today, reminding people to order their uh, prayers for the United States. Uh, St. Bridget of Sweden said that the devil, just at the name of Mary, will flee. Just at her name. So we have the power, my friends, in, in our prayers, and especially in the great uh, spiritual weapon of the rosary, to really do battle. You know, you hear a lot about uh, the, the, the politics of it all and, you know, how to handle these situations of violence and civil unrest and social unrest and racist uh, unrest, racism unrest, and uh, just all these horrible things that are going on right now. And we, the faithful, have the most powerful weapons to help defeat that evil. So go to queenofpeacemedia.com to find out uh, about the uh, 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena. And then you can also sign up and pledge a rosary or rosaries in the millionrosarymarch.com, the million rosarymarch.com. That's the website. Uh, Right now, uh, I'm looking at the website. It says there have been 1,378,500 rosaries pledged. You can go to this website and pledge. Again, with all these same intentions to just give our country, as we pray in our own, and the prayer we pray for the United States, to to give our country to our Blessed Mother, and she will present it to uh, the Most Holy Trinity. This is the most powerful way we can do battle against the evil that exists in our land. So, millionrosarymarch.com and also queenofpeacemedia.com. You can also request your prayer cards from us. Um, As I said, we have thousands of them, and even if you have already requested and received them, Don't be afraid to ask for more and pass them out. Get them out there. This powerful prayer that we pray every day is a prayer that was prayed in 1959 at the dedication of the Basilica, the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. So it's a prayer for our country, and we need to pray fervently and often. So go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, put your cursor over the word prayer, a little menu drops down, click on prayer for the United States, and give us your name and your address and how many you want. we get them out to you. Also, tonight, 7 o'clock, there's going to be a worldwide Zoom rosary for our young friend Maria, who is still uh, suffering uh, from the tumor on her brain stick. Um, She is in the hospital. Uh, She is uh, completely um, unable to move, to talk, but her mind is sharp. She can understand, and her parents tell us that she communicates by blinking. But she's offering this suffering for so many intentions, especially the intention 
of purity for young people. You know, our young people are so vulnerable to the world and the sinfulness of the world and the allurement of the world. And young Maria, who just uh, celebrated a birthday last week, in her hospital bed, in her suffering, offering up that suffering for so many intentions, but especially for young people. Um, When she was diagnosed with this tumor on her brain stem, she was not given more than six to nine months to live, and that was over a year and a half ago. So we know that God is doing something, and we're praying for the miracle. And, you know, uh, she is a member, a family member of uh, domestic church media because it's her, her parents, uh, Ryan and Susan, who sit on our board of directors and who were our first uh, so many years ago um, uh, members of the board who uh, also, um, through their generosity, uh, donated the seed money to get domestic church media up and running. So she's part of the, 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 the domestic church media family in a special way. So tonight, 7 o'clock, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, put your cursor over the word prayer, and then the link says Rosary for Maria. Click on that, and it'll give you all the information how to join the Zoom rosary that's going to be tonight at 7 o'clock, led by Father Chris Walsh, who prayed, if you remember back, it was in late June or early July, where we actually broadcast live remotely from the hospital, and Father Chris led the rosary. But you can join the Zoom meeting tonight, the Zoom rosary meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, click on or put your cursor over the prayer link, then click on Rosary for Maria, and you can get the link that takes you to the Zoom and, you know, but I'm understanding that it's, it's going to be a worldwide rosary for this intention, praying for the miracle. So much prayer is needed, my brothers and sisters, and, you know, and our country is just in, in such an upheaval. Um, it, it can be very disturbing to watch any news broadcast, no matter what your source is. But we also know that the sor- sources are so, the information they disseminate are so wide and varied that, that truth is so clouded in so many ways. People don't know. And the media can be so manipulative. I know. We're in media. We, I know what you can do uh, with uh, you know, the media and how you can, can present only what you want people to hear as opposed to what they need to know, as uh, Archbishop Sheen would say. Of course, here, we, we just, our, no spin here. We just give you everything you need to help you get to heaven. That's the bottom line in all of this. This is why domestic church media exists, to evangelize and to bring you that truth. Now, speaking of truth, back in 1993, our dear Holy Father, uh, St. Pope John Paul II, gave the world a wonderful and beautiful encyclical letter called Veritatis Splendor, the splendor of truth. It was the first uh, in, uh, papal encyclical that I ever read, believe it or not. And uh, I remember it was, it, it really grabbed me. And this is 1993 when I was still in my corporate position and feeling and believing that that was going to be my life, you know, and, and, and work my way up through the company and do all the things you do in a, in a Fortune 500 company to, to attain success. Um, but this particular encyclical letter really 
set me on a different path, I believe. And if you haven't read it, it's all of all these are so available to us now with the, with the internet. Just go to the Vatican website. That's Vatican.va, and you can search any any papal document there. But this is on there. It's a beautiful encyclical letter, Veritatis Splendor. And in this, I thought I would share today some of what John Paul wrote about morality and the renewal of social and political life. Again, this is 1993, so 27 years ago. St. John Paul wrote, In the face of serious forms of social and economic injustice and political corruption affecting entire peoples and nations, there is a growing reaction of indignation on the part of the very many people whose fundamental human rights have been trampled upon and held in contempt, as well as an ever more widespread and acute sense of the need for a radical personal and social renewal capable of ensuring justice, solidarity, honesty, and openness. 27 years ago. And, you know, no one ever thought, my brothers and sisters, that we would see in our country what we're seeing today. And we're reading now, I was reading some just secular news uh, earlier today, where the head of the FBI is saying now, kind of making it very, very clear, don't underestimate Antifa as a, I don't know the word he used to describe them, but but as as a, we would describe it, I guess, as a terrorist group, a domestic terrorist group. And, you know, we hear the attorney general talking about the civil unrest that uh, is is being threatened, uh, that we're being threatened by, the civil unrest, uh, to extend even beyond the election. You know, so the fathers, Blount, Father Jim Blount, Father, Father uh, uh, Tony Blount, brothers from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, who be, began the 54-day miracle rosary novena for that purpose, to fend off violence and civil unrest. This is the work of the devil, you know, we, we can't deny this. So even 27 years ago, St. Pope John Paul II was warning about things like this. He said, certainly there is a long and difficult road ahead. Bringing about such a renewal will require enormous effort, especially on account of the number and the gravity of causes giving rise to and aggravating the situations of injustice present in the world today. But as history and personal experience show, he says, he wrote, it is not difficult to discover at the bottom of these situations causes which are properly cultural, linked to particular ways of looking at man, society, and the world. Indeed, the heart of the issue of culture, we find the moral sense which in turn, which is in turn rooted and fulfilling in the religious sense. John Paul wrote, Only God, the supreme good, constitutes the unshakable foundation and essential condition of morality, and thus of the commandments, particularly those negative commandments which always and in every case prohibit behavior and actions in, incompatible with the personal dignity of every man. The supreme good and the moral good meet in truth, the truth of God, the creator and redeemer, the truth of man created and redeemed by him. 
Only upon this truth is it possible to construct a renewed society and to solve the complex and weighty problems affecting it, above all, the problem of overcoming the various forms of totalitarianism so as to make way for authentic freedom of the person. We see and we hear people talking about our own freedoms being threatened in our own country. And you see the battle uh, being waged between two opposing sides. You know, we're not here. Domestic Church Media is not here to be a, 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 a political news entity. That's not what we're here for. We're here for exactly what we've been talking about in our catechism segments the past few weeks, to help form consciences. A well-formed Catholic conscience should make the right decisions, regardless of what area of life it regards, personal, political, spiritual, educational, ethical, moral. You know, a well-formed Catholic conscience should be able to make the right decision, the right choice, without someone telling you what to do. That's why it's, it's imperative that every good Catholic ensures that his or her conscience is well-formed according to the magisterial teachings of the Church. To know who we are as Catholics, to know what our Church teaches, and to, to accept it and, and live it. You know, our, our, the, the um, tenets of our faith are there to give us freedom, freedom from the attachments to the world. They're not, they're not restricting in any way. They're there to give us freedom. And, you know, any Catholic who believes otherwise is, is gravely mistaken. That's why it's important to get everything we need to know about being a disciple of Jesus Christ and a member of the church that he founded. St. Pope John Paul II wrote, totalitarianism arises out of a denial of truth in the objective sense. If there is no transcendent truth in obedience to which man achieves his full identity, then there is no such principle for guaranteeing just relations between people. Their self-interest as a class, group, or nation would inevitably set them in opposition to one another. If one does not acknowledge the transcendent truth, then the force of power takes over, and each person tends to make full use of the means of his disposal in order to impose his own interests on his, uh, or his own opinion with no regard for the rights of others. Thus, the root of modern totalitarianism is to be found in the denial of the transcendent dignity of the human person who has the invisible image of the invisible I'm sorry, the visible image of the invisible God is therefore by his very nature the subject of rights which no one may violate, no individual, group, class, nation, or state. Not even the majority of a social body may violate these rights by going against the minority, by isolating, oppressing, or exploiting it, or by attempting to annihilate it. You know, Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, lived in Poland during the Third Reich. He understands 
first uh, firsthand what it meant to be under the uh, um, power of a totalitarian government that uh, of, of, a, of a, a, a person like Adolf Hitler, who had obviously no regard or respect for the dignity of people, John Paul knew that he lived under that authority. And so he writes firsthand about the dangers of totalitarianism. Now, he goes on. I, you know, I know we're running a little late here. Um, let's, uh, well, take a break, and I'll ask the Holy Spirit to tell me where to go. Continue this and move on to our Catechism on Virtue. But stay where you are. There will be more to come. Don't go away. think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul's street evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. I don't know if news is news anymore. Do you think it is? When you hear that they're going to clone a human being, you know, it's hard enough to put up with some people, let alone two of them. (laughs) (laughs) We seem to uh, glorify sin, grievous sin these days, you see. But we say that the sin is worth it to do good. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? The abortion clinics sell the little fetus six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece. First we murder the child and then we sell it. For what? Oh, what is gonna cure an old woman? Well you just killed a young one. True love is the best gift of all. Bye now. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Langhorne to Lake Como. Holmdale to Howell. Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All right, welcome back on this uh, September 17th. 2020, second half of September, sort of October, November, December. We have a little, a little over three months left to 2020, and we'll all be ready to say, "Get out of here! <laughs> We've had enough. We've had enough of 2020, uh, the weirdest year of our lifetimes. Right? Just very, very odd and dangerous. And but you know, I think as people of faith, uh, you know, even even in the midst of the virus and the pandemic and the, the social unrest and the, the shaky economy, you know, everything was going so well <laughs> back in back in early January. Crossing over into this year, everything seemed to be on the upswing, right? Everything looked pretty good. And then, ba-boom. And everything since then has been weird. Just and That's probably the only way to describe it. It's just weird. Yeah. But we'll get through it. God is on our side, and he'll take care of his own. I believe that. You know, in all this, I do believe that God takes care of his own and uh, just remain faithful and be not afraid. And you will see, but we need prayer. Lots and lots and lots and lots of prayer. So today is Thursday. It's catechism day. And I was again sharing with you from, um, I just, I see this. I said over, during the break, I was going to let the Holy spirit, let me know where to go with this because, and he did, um, my plan was to do that little bit or a little bit more of uh, the Veritatis Splendor with John Paul II, and then the second half of the program, this segment, to do the catechism on the virtues. So I just left off uh, sharing with you um, from Veritatis Splendor. The following paragraph begins this way. This is what John Paul wrote. The Catechism of the Catholic Church affirms that in economic matters, respect for human dignity requires the practice of the virtue of temperance. So it's all going to be taken care of just by continuing with Veritatis Splendor. I didn't plan it this way. You know, this is how the Holy Spirit has worked with me for as long as I've been doing Catholic radio. He just, you know, if you if you allow yourself and your will to become compliant with his it's just so neat. So anyway, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do this. And um, But I do want to remind you before we get to this that 
this coming Monday, which uh, is 1920, the 21st, I guess, of uh, September, first day of fall, I guess. Uh, but our friend Bruce DeBacco will be here for Come to the Throne. So uh, we talk about prayer. Uh, Bruce wants to pray for you and with you. That's this coming Monday, live at 3 o'clock, right here on these domestic church media stations and other platforms. We do a live video and all that stuff. It's all available to you. Uh, live at 3 o'clock, uh, Bruce DeBacco, Come to the Throne. So I'm encouraging you, send us your prayer requests. And especially during that hour when Bruce throws up the prayer tent to come on in and uh, give us a call and, and you can pray with Bruce live over the air. There's so much to pray for. And don't forget tonight at 7 o'clock, there's the Worldwide Rosary for Maria, our friend Maria, being prayed on Zoom. So uh, you can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, put your cursor over the word prayer and click on Rosary for Maria, and that'll take you to the link on how to get to the Zoom meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. And then you can do it that way. It's um, very, very powerful. And I, I know, as I've said, you know, in her, in her situation, we're praying and, and assuming a miracle, that God is working with her right now in God's time and in God's way. Because the doctors... Uh, over or a year and a half ago, determined that the tumor was inoperable and that there was no hope and would give her six months to live. That was the over a year and a half ago. And we're seeing other miracles and conversions and people coming back to the faith and people whose uh, faith is being strengthened and, and all these wonderful uh, miracles that are in the wake of Maria's personal suffering and physical suffering. And she understands that. As I said, she can only communicate right now by blinking. But her faith is great. And she understands that she's being used as an instrument for God's purposes, many purposes. And so tonight, 7 o'clock, there's be a rosary to pray for her. You can join so many others on Zoom. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, click on the prayer link and then click on Rosary for Maria, and you'll go to the link to get you to that Zoom uh, rosary meeting. Okay, so let's go back to Veritatis Splendor. I was, and this really is Veritatis Splendor teaching uh, from the Catechism. So John Paul wrote, The Catechism of the Catholic Church affirms that in economic matters— Respect for human dignity requires the practice of the virtue of temperance to moderate our attachment to the goods of this world, the virtue of justice to preserve our neighbor's rights and to render what is his or her due, and of solidarity following the golden rule and in keeping with the generosity of the Lord who, though he was rich yet for your sake, became poor so that by his poverty you might be Come rich. John Paul wrote, The Catechism goes on to present a series of kinds of behavior and actions contrary to human dignity. Theft, deliberate retention of goods, lent or objects lost, business fraud, unjust wages, forcing up prices by trading on the ignorance or hardships of another, 
the misappropriation and private use of the corporate property of an enterprise, work badly done, tax fraud, forgery of checks and invoices, excessive expenses, waste, etc. The Seventh Commandment prohibits actions or enterprises for which any reason, selfish or ideological, commercial or totalitarian, lead to the enslavement of human beings. Now, I just lost my place. Hang on for one second. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Trying to get down, scroll down here to where I... I'm, okay, there it is. <clears throat> lead to the enslavement of human beings, disregard for their personal dignity, buying or selling or exchanging them like merchandise. I mean, how much today are we hearing about human trafficking? John Paul, back in 1993, was warning about this. Reducing persons by violence to use uh, value or a source of profit is a sign of uh, sin against their dignity as persons and their fundamental rights. St. Paul said a Christian master, master right about treating his Christian slave no longer as a slave but as a brother in the Lord. So all these things that we hear that John Paul and the Catechism warned about, these actions that are contrary to human dignity, theft, deliberate retention of goods lent or objects lost, business fraud, unjust wages, all these things that we hear about regularly in our own culture. And then he went on to say, why is it going backwards here? There we go. <laughs> technology, technology, technology. In the political sphere, he writes, it must be noted that truthfulness in the relations between those governing and those governed, openness in public administration, impartiality in the service of the body of politic, respect for the rights of political adversaries, safeguarding the rights of the accused against summary trials and convictions, the just and honest use of public funds, the rejection of equivocal or illicit means in order to gain, preserve, or increase power at any cost. All these are principles which are primarily rooted in and, in fact, derive their singular urgency from the transcendent value of the person and the objective moral demands of the functioning of states. John Paul wrote, when these principles are not observed, the very basis of political coexistence is weakened and the life of society is gradually jeopardized, threatened and doomed to, de to decay. I was reading an article today that said the democracy experiment of America is, is, is right now in, in, in jeopardy. You know, when this country, you think about our country that was founded only 240 years ago. And there have been kingdoms that have been in existence, have come and gone, and, 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 and other countries that have been in existence for, for much longer than that. But this country, again, based on our founding principles of our unalienable rights that were given to us by our Creator of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
you know, and you, you, you go back to when and how this country began and the men who uh, formed it always uh, built on the foundation of a, an acknowledgement that God, our creator, was the one who gives us these things. They're not man-made. These unalienable rights given to us by our creator of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, you know, America is not a perfect country and has not been perfect. But, you know, power and wealth will corrupt if, if allowed. And we read a lot about the corruption of those who have been in power in our country for, from the beginning, practically. It becomes an abused and used for personal purposes and reasons and, and, and gain. You know, we've seen and heard a lot about what has gone on. No, and because these are imperfect men, no matter who you think the greatest president of this country ever was, whoever that might be, still an imperfect man. And we go back, you know, we're, those of you who are, are my age, we who are of the baby boomer generation, you know, it was our parents that have been given the label of the greatest generation. These men and women who lived through the Depression and into the Second World War and then into the uh, period following the, the Second World War of, of, of tremendous growth and um, of family and, and, and faith and, and just living the American dream. But if it's not based, as, as Holy Father John Paul writes, on the virtues, and if government doesn't run the country based on those principles, he said that political coexistence will be weakened and life, the life of society itself is gradually jeopardized, threatened and doomed to decay. He writes today, when many countries have been uh, the fall of ideologies which bound politics to a totalitarian concept of the world, Marxism being the foremost of these, there is no less grave a danger that the fundamental rights of the human person will be denied and that the religious yearnings which arise in the heart of every human being will be absorbed once again into politics. John Paul wrote, this is the risk of an alliance between democracy and ethical relativism, which would remove any sure moral reference point from political and social life, and on a deeper level, make the acknowledgement of truth impossible. He writes, indeed, if there is no ultimate truth to guide and direct political activity, then ideas and convictions can easily be manipulated for reasons of power, as history demonstrates a democracy without values easily turns into open or thinly disguised totalitarianism. So once again, my friends, we can look at our culture and how it has evolved from this point, when John Paul wrote this, 1993, to the current day. And 
even then he was warning about this. And a very important quote, if there is no ultimate truth to guide and direct political activity, then ideas and convictions can easily be manipulated for reasons of power. And as history demonstrates, a democracy without values easily turns into open or thinly disguised totalitarianism. A democracy without values. And we've seen in our country over the past number of years the values that were held so dearly by the generation known as the greatest generation began to be chipped away and and eliminated. You know, again, we go back to uh, the 1960s, which I lived through, most of you lived through. And we remember those days. I always, I, again, I draw the... the Try to draw the picture, if I can, on what life was like in the year 1960, the Camelot years, you know, the, with the election of a young president and his beautiful young wife and, and the, the great vision and hope that, you know, he had and that those who, who uh, believed in his vision had and where the country was just you know, just 15 years after the, the, the end of the Second World War and how America had grown and families had grown. And, you know, it wasn't unusual in 1960 to, to, to see the, 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 the perfect nuclear family of, of husband and wife and, and multiple children living in suburbia with their own home and all the, the you know, the, just look at the, you know, a great reflection of, of that time would be the types of television programs that were on the air with Father Knows Best and the Donna Reed Show and Leave it to Beaver and all these, you know, what people now look at and, and kind of uh, mock. But it was a reflection in a way of reality. That's the way life was and ideally for most people, what they wanted it to be. And then just 10 years later or nine years later in 1969, what the country had become in just those nine years. The turnaround, the turning point, with whether it be music or style or dress or, or or culture or society and what was now becoming acceptable, you know, we took prayer out of the schools in 1960 and then things just went downhill from there. And our values began to uh, totally disappear, the values upon which uh, the country was, was founded and the values upon which most people lived. I, you know, you and I, who grew up in those uh, 1960 neighborhoods, we could name every single one of our neighbors, right? You can go down your block, up and down your street, and name every single one of your neighbors, and your neighbors knew as a kid who you were and who your parents were. And if you did anything wrong, they'd let your parents know you did something wrong. We watched out for each other. And even though we may not have all been of the same faith, we all had the same basic Judeo-Christian values, Today, would you let your children go out and play in the street? Would you let your children get on their bicycle and, and say, come back at lunchtime and be out of sight without any communication at all? Would you, let your, would you, would you trust your children to be raised by your neighbors, so to speak, and on, on, on what their values are? Not that way anymore, is it? 
Holy Father John Paul said, if there is no ultimate truth to guide and direct political activity, then ideas and convictions can easily be, be manipulated for reasons of power. As history demonstrates, a democracy without values easily turns into open or thinly disguised totalitarianism. The corruption we've seen over the course of our uh, history, in our government especially, over the past generation, very disturbing. And so John Paul says, thus, in every sphere of personal, family, social, and political life, morality founded upon truth and open in truth to authentic freedom renders a primordial, indispensable, and immensely valuable service not only for the individual person and his growth in the good, but also for society and its genuine development. Morality, founded upon truth and open in truth to authentic freedom. And we, again, just have to look at our society, our culture, and even right now in the midst of all that we're seeing in our political um, divisions and, and the civil unrest, the social unrest, the lack of ethics, the dishonesty, the cheating, um, the, the deep state that's out there. And we, the people, who really are the ones who are in charge of this country, are being reduced to third-party observers in so many ways. And unfortunately, we, we, we're at the point now where we can't even trust our neighbors to have the same basic Judeo-Christian principles and values that we have. And we've become uh, so politically correct that we, 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 we fear to say anything about anyone or anything or any topic, especially as it regards morality. So our response to all of this, and again, I know it's a lot to absorb, but to simplify it, the simplest way to deal with all of this that we find ourselves in is to come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord to pray. It's as simple as that. It doesn't take much, anything more than that, to, to be sincere in prayer and a desire for unity in faith, a unity in Christ. We have everything we need. This world is temporary. Our ultimate citizenship is heaven. We have every obligation in this life to be obedient to the authority over us because that authority, that person in authority would not have that authority unless God gave it to him or her, as Jesus said to Pilate. The fourth commandment demands that we respect authority, but not, not if that authority is without uh, justice, without fairness. Without, so there's, a, there's an obligation to ensure that we, yes, obey authority, but authority that is based on and, and, and in and around the morality required of all of us. Okay, there's more, but I have to stop now. So 
Tomorrow's Friday already, again. Friday again. How does it pop up so fast? But anyway, it's good news for us because Cheryl will be here at 4 o'clock with me for Friday Live. So I hope you come back and join us then. We have some great guests and all kinds of stuff. So tune in to 4 o'clock tomorrow. Stay tuned now for Cresta in the Afternoon. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you and God love you.